0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Here
1: we
0: go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's
1: go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. All right, you've got questions. We've got a lot of answers, whether it's just regular redraft stuff or dynasty questions. It's a mailbag, a Thursday night mailbag that you might be hearing on Friday. So happy Friday to everybody. I'm Adam Azer with Ben Gretsch. What's up, Ben?
2: I'm excited to be here.
1: That uh, I'm not convinced. Heath <laughs> said you were coming in What's, hot today. What do you got?
3: Oh uh, Well, I'll, we'll get to the news and notes, and that's when uh, we'll have the discussion.
1: Uh-oh. Is it going to be about Miles Sanders?
3: It's not going to be about Miles Sanders. <laughs> I didn't even know Miles Sanders was in the notes. Oh, yes, I did, because Devontae Freeman. I think Devontae Freeman's going somewhere else.
1: Okay, okay, good. Uh, Dave, Richard, hey. I'd be
0: mortified if I had to hear the talk from Heath. The talk.
1: I had to give
3: the talk just a week and a half ago to my nine-year-old son. Um, It was puberty time at his school, and his teacher sent me a message and said, I'm assigning the dads to teach this to their sons. The teachers are not teaching this this year. Please teach your son about puberty.
0: They actually called it puberty time.
3: Yeah. Well, I did. <laughs> I have
2: a nine-year-old daughter, and I've been, you know, I'm a dad of a daughter, and I'm, I'm hoping she'll stay young. But you're telling me you had to give the talk to a nine-year-old, and that scares the crap out of
0: me.
3: Just let yeah, your wife just, do it, Ben. You no, know, we just, we just talked about erections and oh. pubic, <laughs> yeah, pubic, yeah, pubic hair and it. things like that. <laughs>
0: Well this is a fantasy show. This. Should we should we call them regressions? Like positive <laughs> regressions?
1: <laughs> okay, listen. We never brought up Deontay Johnson when we talked about year two wide receivers. And we got a lot of pushback for that. So we're definitely Speaking gonna t- of regressions. Talk mm. about Deontay Johnson. Somebody's got a regression for Deontay Johnson, apparently. Um, and we're gonna read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and we're going to read your Apple Podcast questions as well. Let's start with our news and notes, and the first one is about Deontay Johnson. He said he played through a sports hernia, uh, played with a sports hernia injury for most of the season. Week two, he got hurt. He had a really nice rookie year, uh, especially on a team that was so bad throwing the football. uh, Johnson had 680 yards, five touchdowns on 92 targets. I don't know. Okay.
3: Okay. We're just going to do it now. (laughs) I don't. I, I, at the beginning of the year, I was more optimistic about Deontay Johnson than I currently am. But this has been Deontay Johnson hype week on Twitter. Everyone's excited about it. I saw some stuff when the sports hernia deal came out. He was that good with a sports hernia. He was that good. James Washington averaged more yards per game, per reception, and per target than Deontay Johnson. Of course, Juju Smith Schuster did as well. I don't get it. This is a guy. Who went to Toledo for four years? Had one season with more than 800 yards in 2018. His last year at Toledo, he basically split receiving work evenly with someone named Cody Thompson and another guy named John Vea Johnson. They mm. both had more touchdowns than Deontay Johnson did that year. He's uh, five foot ten and uh, 180 pounds. He's not fast. He didn't test well at the combine. His best comp on Player Profiler is Randall Cobb. His college breakout age was a year older than Juju was as a rookie. He's older than Juju right now.
1: I like this. Was good stuff. All I said was and he had he, a nice rookie and year. And because by the
3: way. <laughs> last year he catches fifty nine passes for six hundred and eighty yards, and apparently, according to one site, uh, Pro Football Focus, he led receivers in broken tackles force. I think Ben told you his thoughts on that particular statistic yesterday um and he also apparently created a lot of separation on his routes um he's not as good as juju in terms of like prospect status looking at him coming out of college and he didn't do anything last year that should really changed our opinion of that he's a worse prospect coming out of college than definitely juju was definitely james washington and claypool they're all better athletic profiles than him. I don't get it at all. He is more likely to be fourth on the Steelers in receiving this year than he is to be a top 20 wide receiver. Anyone feel differently? uh,
0: (laughs) First of all, I just want to say that Deontay Johnson week resonates much better than puberty week. (laughs) Next thing I want to say is that I, I think what I remember watching from Deontay Johnson when he came in from Toledo, his film looked like he looked like he could change direction pretty quickly and he was willing to cross the field. And it almost made you think a little bit of Antonio Brown, but you never want to call anybody Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was just so good, but he doesn't have the speed of AB. I I think it really comes down to just how big of an opportunity the Steelers are going to give him. And last year they gave him a pretty decent opportunity. He was okay with it. I, I, if the hype gets out of control, Curtis Samuel style, then you know, not to touch him. But if you can still get him in like that round 10, maybe round 9 range, it, it, despite everything he said, and I think he really did a great job of breaking Deontay Johnson, not breaking down, but breaking him, I, I think that there's just not a serious amount of risk and a lot of potential, especially if he's just going to see single coverage all the time in that, in that Steelers offense.
2: You said you never want to compare anyone to Antonio Brown. I believe the Steelers did last offseason that was something that they were talking about uh from the like we had some quotes from the team and and that's the role he played and he was he was good um but i i i don't go as far as heath but i do agree that the hype's way out of control i mean a couple i i I was trying to figure out when this was i time is like uh not a thing anymore i don't know if it was two months ago or a couple weeks ago maybe some of our listeners will remember but There was a point not that long ago that I called Deontay Johnson undervalued in all formats on some listener question we had about, you know, undervalued guys or sleepers. I think it was on a dynasty uh, pod. That was the time to buy him. Now what's happening is everyone, like the hype starts building and everyone real, like this happens sometimes in off seasons, especially when there's nothing going on. Everyone starts realizing, oh yeah, this guy was, um, this guy was undervalued and it's almost like we missed the boat and now we're all (laughs) going to say how much we love Deontay Johnson to the point where he's way overvalued. I mean, it just, they, th- this type of thing happens every year where a guy jumps so many rounds and then he starts getting drafted way too high. And I, I do agree with Heath. I, I, I'm optimistic about him, more optimistic than Heath. Um, but I agree that the, this hype is not warranted.
0: Like there's, there's talk about him going in round seven or round eight eventually. And you just think of some of the receivers that we've drafted in that range so far in our mocks. Two that come to mind are Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. I mean, I'd laugh. I'll say this now on May 28th. I'd laugh if Deontay
3: Johnson went ahead of those guys. Would
1: you take Deontay Johnson ahead of Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I would do that.
3: Yeah, Um, I think so too. I probably will project him for more points than Justin Jefferson, but I don't really see as much upside as Justin Jefferson has.
1: Okay. It's kind of interesting. The Steelers have drafted... Three wide receivers in the very similar range the last three years. Deontay Johnson was the 60th, 66th overall pick. Uh, Chase Claypool, most recently, was the 49th pick. Mm -hmm. And James Washington, the first of the three to be drafted, uh, the, the earliest, you know, 2017, I guess, was the 60th pick. Oh, 2018. Yeah, so 2018 Washington, 2019 Johnson, 2020 Chase Claypool. And uh, I, final question here. how is, okay. Do you rank Johnson or Washington higher? And as Heath mentioned, Washington had a better year. Um, he had more yards, he had fewer catches. He's more of a downfield guy. Higher, more air yards, more A dot, higher A dot. How about that what for Washington? Then, yep. Yeah. Um, but who do you like better, Johnson and Washington, and how close is it? And then just finish this conversation there, Dave.
0: Johnson, way more than Washington. Okay, Ben. And I'm I'm just trying to hold back. I've got another point, but I'm holding it.
1: Hold it back, Ben.
2: Yeah, uh, same thing. Washington plays the same role that Claypool was drafted to play, downfield role. There's different roles in this offense. Okay. Um, Deontay Johnson is very much in the Antonio Brown role. You got to have him a lot higher, in my
3: opinion. Heath, I I have Johnson higher than Washington. I I'm not taking either in the first eight rounds of a draft, so I'm not sure how much that can be that far apart, but yeah, I'd rather draft Johnson than Washington.
1: Cool. Thank you. Good discussion there. Thanks to all the listeners who made sure that I did not forget about Deontay Johnson. Overs- it wasn't really an oversight because I was mostly focusing on the year two receivers that had 900 yards, which was the threshold we'd been using. And there were only three of them. Um, but, but fair enough, both Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are going to play with the starters during the preseason. Paris Campbell will play more in the slot this season. Give me a 10 second reaction. Dave.
0: Going to love, love hanging on to him in deeper PPR drafts.
1: John Harbaugh envisions roles for Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards. 10-second reaction, Heath?
3: Uh, Justice Hill is going to be a kick returner? <laughs>
1: uh, Philadelphia has made an offer to Devontae Freeman, according to Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer. McLean also says that the Bucks are interested. They haven't made an offer to Freeman, but they're interested. So the Eagles making an offer to Freeman. What do we think about this, guys? Ben?
2: Uh, No strong feeling. (laughs) I don't think Freeman's good anymore. He was really inefficient last year, and and I've seen some advanced stats this offseason that controlled for – I can't remember what it controlled for, but he was really bad, like the the worst, and by a lot. So I I don't think he's good anymore.
0: Is he someone who could replace Sanders at the goal line?
3: No. Why? uh, I think it'd be a bigger deal if he went to Tampa. Agreed. Yeah, I, I could see him though. going to Tampa and just taking all of the third down work. That that it's seriously something
0: that was even brought up by Jeff McClain that Tampa was in the mix for Freeman. Right. The biggest area that Sanders was weak at last year was short yardage goal line. And the fact that Hyde went to Seattle just makes me want to do, you know, leaps across my living room. Because he could have definitely swiped that role from Miles Sanders.
1: I'm not sure Freeman can,
0: and I don't think LaShawn McCoy can.
1: I'm just hoping that if they sign Freeman, that he doesn't become a passing downs guy and takes a lot how of catches away that? from Sanders.
0: How it, it would be the dumbest thing in the world if the Eagles did that, where they take Miles Sanders, who's a good pass catcher. Look at how he did catching the football in the first like six or seven weeks of the season; he was insane. Why would you take him out of that role for Devonte Freeman? But also, but also, it, it, but it's also, also not what Philly would do.
2: It wouldn't impact Sanders that much because you'll recall late last year they were using Boston Scott in a pass catching role. It's true. But Sanders was still splitting out and running some different types of routes. I don't think it would impact Sanders that much even if like they can have multiple pass catching backs in that offense.
0: They don't they know well, they, they also they, didn't they have, they have any could wide use receivers another back there. for depth. They don't need another back to mix in with Sanders and Scott.
1: Yeah. I hope so, but it's yeah, just to give the numbers. Sanders, no, no, I know Heath makes fun of me for this. I look at 6 games for Sanders. It's the 6 games after Jordan Howard got hurt and before Miles Sanders got hurt in week 17. Makes sense to me. He had 25 catches. Boston Scott had 19 catches. But remember, the wide receivers were really not a, a part of it. Um, they were banged up. Greg Ward was the only one that was really doing anything. So that things could change. Um, but you know, Sanders was on pace in those six games for 251 carries and 67 catches, which uh, you know would have been top eight in carries, about eighth in carries and about eighth in catches over a full season, not necessarily on a per-game basis, but pretty good in terms of touches, especially for a rookie. All righty moving on you here. definitely
2: say catches it doesn't rhyme with with a gretch when you say catches well
1: it's because how it's spelled <laughs> i feel good about that uh moving on so just some nfl notes they will now allow three players to return from ir the nfl will not change the onside kick rule which they should it's come on and the nfl will not bring back the instant replay review which is such a failure I, it's not that hard it's not that hard if 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 millions of people watching at home can tell what pass interference is, don't overcomplicate it. I think this is a major failure on their part, and no reason why they shouldn't use technology to get more calls, right? I'm Adam Azer. I support this message. Now, college football is getting closer and closer, so it's the perfect time to unveil off-season rankings, Throughout May, the Cover 3 podcast team has been counting down their preseason top 25 in separate episodes, and this week they're focusing on the top five. Of course, you can go back and hear all of this. Chip Patterson and company have been breaking down each team in their Hurry Up Hot Seat series under 15 minutes. Very cool series. Uh, So where will Clemson and Ohio State rank? Uh, They're bringing back the top two quarterbacks in the country. Will Alabama crack the top three after they lost Tua? Download and subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast wherever you listen to FFT. Unfortunately, I will not be able to play poker next week on Twitch, but uh, these guys will, and they're bringing in the Pick 6 crew. Will Brinson and Sean Wagner-McGoff are going to be joining a bunch of our guys on Twitch uh, next next Tuesday, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, so it's Poker with the FFT crew plus Will Brinson and Sean wagner McGoff from Pick 6. Go to twitch.com slash FFToday. Follow us. Tell your friends. Watch us play poker. It was extremely fun. I will miss it on Tuesday. I'll be back the following week. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're at 15 minutes. We're going to spend at most 15 more minutes on non-Dynasty emails. The rest of the show will be Dynasty. Here we go. This is River Martin in South Carolina. Do you think Clyde Edwards Elair will be a boom or bust player this year? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's yep. the way I interpreted. Agreed. it. I, I didn't think he was. I didn't know if he meant like, do you think he'll be boom or do you think he'll be bust or do you think he'll just be one of those boomer bust guys?
0: I don't. I, I think there's a chance for him to be a boom or a bust. Not a guy that one week he's going to have. Um, 130 yards and a touchdown in the next week on the same amount of carries, 45 yards and no touchdown. I think he's either going to be the guy in Kansas City's backfield who gets the majority of the touches and just, you know, takes advantage of what defenses give the Chiefs, or he struggles to adapt to the offense. He's in a part-time role with Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson, and uh, he might give you double-digit fantasy points once every four weeks. you will be it- happy about it
2: in these types of situations there's a lot that we don't know i think it's helpful to to kind of latch onto what you do know we know that he's in an amazing offense we know that they used a first round pick on him while they already had all their other backs that are currently on the roster on the roster they they made the decision to to commit to him and they thought he was the best running back in the class because they took him first those things are all very good for him immediately in 2020 there's still a lot of uncertainty about how much he will play but There's a lot of reason to be happy about it.
1: From Matthew. From Dave.
0: Matthew is from Henderson,
1: Nevada. Is it crazy to take Clyde Edwards, E. and Kenyon Drake at the one, two turn?
0: Yes. I think you can do better than that. At the one, two turn, you can get one of those guys and somebody who's better a Joe Mixon. One of the top receivers that are out there. If you, if you don't want to mess with tight end, you can get Kelsey there.
1: Okay. From D. He's also from that city in Nevada, by the way. Why is nobody oh, talking cool. about Christian McCaffrey's huge workload from last season? I found an article Jamie wrote in 2014, wow, mm. about Marshawn We've Lynch's about this. 400-touch season. CMC out-touched Lynch, and it feels like everyone is underestimating the risk of regression through injury or otherwise. I have the number one pick in two of my most important leagues, so I am concerned. Please discuss on the show.
0: So the argument that I would give is that not all touches are created equally and you look at Der- Derrick Henry's touches from the year, the overwhelming majority of them are carries. Christian McCaffrey had 100 a, a catches, and those catches, they usually don't ding up a running back like a carry would. So even though he had over 400, a lot of them were not the same type of touch that Derrick Henry had. And so I think you can believe that his body will heal up and, and he'll, he'll feel better and, and he'll you know go out there and keep doing what he's doing. Henry is going to say, that he feels fine, he's ready to go. He told us that at the Super Bowl. He, he told us during at Radio Row, I could play another 16 games right now. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but we've seen running backs, when they have these huge carry seasons, and we just got done talking about this during the fantasy football yesterday week, and the bust players, there there is some serious regression a lot of the time, and it usually involves a foot injury. And so I, I think that's kind of what you have to look for with Derrick Henry is could that workload come down either because of injury because of the Titans trying to reel him in a little bit, or is he just a freak of nature and he just goes out there and steamrolls everybody?
3: I will say that in both the case of Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey, we're getting a little bit loose with the numbers and loose with historical data. We don't have very many examples of players with 400, with the number of touches that Christian McCaffrey had last season and the way they were distributed we do have a belief and some data that says that receptions are not as dangerous to running backs as carries but it's not like we have several 300 carry 100 catch running backs to compare about whether they'll break down and the derrick henry thing like the 400 carry thing was always he had 400 carries in the regular season and now we've extended it to he had over 400 touches in the regular season and three playoff games. So like both of these cases are not exactly along the lines of the historical data we'd normally use. And that historical data that we normally use is an extremely small sample size. And so, I just want to add oh. one
2: more note on, on to Dave's point McCaffrey's specific type of work doesn't require a huge workload. So even if you are concerned that they'll scale him back this year, because of it, it gets back to that trap back and high value touches that we talk about, because of the fact that he gets so many receptions as a high percentage of his touches, he doesn't need 400 touches to be the number one running back.
1: Christian McCaffrey outscored the number two running back in PPR by 156 fantasy points. Depends on the league, this website, whatever the scoring is a little bit different, but on CBS in a non-decimal league, 156 fantasy points. That's ridiculous. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had 433 touches in 2018. And he was top four running back last year. He did have a noticeable drop-off in explosive plays, though. Uh, He went from 11 carries of 20-plus yards to only four. I have noticed over time that is a little bit of a flexible stat. But Ezekiel Elliott was just fine. Um And uh, one other player, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell in 2017 would probably be the best comp for Christian McCaffrey. He had 321 carries, and he had 85 catches. So not quite as many catches, but more carries. And then he sat out 2018. So we have no idea what happened there. Uh, All right, next email here. By the way, thank you for that email, D. Good stuff. From Sal in the Motor City. 12-team PPR redraft league. We keep one player from the fifth rounder later. We can keep them for two more years after we draft a player, and then he will go back to the draft pool. Who should I keep? Aaron Jones in the ninth round for one more year, or Mark Andrews in the last round for two more years. So it's actually a little deceiving. It's Aaron Jones this year and next year, or Mark Andrews for, th- for this year and two more years, but Jones in the ninth round and Andrews in the 17th round.
2: I'm keeping Andrews.
0: It's tough to pass up Andrews because of the value and because you can keep him a little bit longer. So I'm I'm Andrews. I think think you have to go that way. Andrews, for sure. The funny thing is is that we'll all draft Jones before Andrews this year in fantasy. Not eight
1: rounds before. (laughs) Yeah, but you know,
0: (laughs) not eight rounds before, but what's the difference between keeping a guy in round nine and keeping a guy in round 17? I mean, either way.
1: It's a good point. It, right. Yeah. It's
0: it's a lot different than keeping a guy in round two or keeping a guy in round nine. That's a huge difference. You're, you're going to get a steal either way. I think it's just I'm nervous about Aaron Jones being a big-time fantasy running back this year and next year. Yeah, right. I think he can probably do it this year. And if he does and he gets a new contract, then those, those concerns will be gone. But if he has anywhere close to a mediocre year, his, his his career trajectory
1: can change fast. I don't see that happening with Andrews. All right. This is from Casey. He says, hey, David, Johnny, Moira, and Alexis. Shit's Creek. I don't yeah. watch that show. I, sh- I need to, don't I? You do. Yeah, yeah. Can you guys rank the three receivers for the Giants?
2: Nope. We can't. Next question. <laughs> Shepard, Tate, Clayton.
1: Shepherd Tate Slayton.
2: I have. Uh, I might have Slayton highest. Let's see where I have Shepherd. Yeah, it, I have. It depends Slayton. on
0: scoring for me. What I do you have got?
2: Slayton highest, and then um, Shepherd and Tate.
0: Slayton's the highest for me in non PPR. In full PPR, I'm going to stick with Shepherd. I just think he's a little safer.
1: From no name, Dave. Provide. Juan. From.
0: Torrance, California.
1: Twelve-team half PPR. Keep one. Chris Godwin, third round. Devin Singletary, eighth round. James Conner, eleventh round.
0: See, now this is an example of rounds making a huge difference. And I think Godwin's probably the safest of the three. So I Godwin I, I, in the I, third. It, it's got the it's got the least amount of value, at least in terms of draft round, obviously. But I think God, if you're keeping Godwin for
3: If it's for one year, even, it's still a good deal. I like if here's the thing if you want Chris Godwin, you're probably going to have a chance to draft him. So I'll take Connor in the 11th.
2: I, but in the keeper, it makes it tougher. He, he might not. We don't Mm -hmm. know if this is his last keeper or the only keeper, but even if it's only one keeper and there's 12 keepers off the board, that pushes Godwin up to like a mid first rounder, probably.
0: Right. Even if everybody's keeping one player and that's it, Godwin could still potentially be a late first round pick. And what if he has, like, the first pick? He's going to take Godwin? Then, of course, he's not. So he's not going to get it. I'm, I'm keeping Godwin.
1: This is from Bob. I think
2: Connor on the 11th is a fair argument, too, though.
1: Yeah. Can, Can I you see the picture of him? Yeah, he looks <laughs> <wool>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's not going to have
3: to worry about offensive line or anything. He grew wings on his back. He's just going to fly over <laughs> the
1: defense. All right, <laughs> uh, this is from Bob. He says, hey, Aaron, A.J., Jamal, and Tyler, that is Packers, 12-team standard nice. scoring league, four keepers. There are three that seem fairly obvious to me, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, and Michael Thomas. Now, my fourth mm-hmm. one. Is it Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, George Kittle, or Cortland Sutton?
2: Um, Can we remove Aaron Jones? <laughs>
3: it's not, it's non-PPR, to, by the could. way. Why not? In non-PPR, I'd rather have Jones than Cooper. Oh, so. it's non-I will go yeah, Galladay. I'll go Galladay.
1: Over Kittle, I'll huh?
2: go Kittle.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going Kittle, and it sounds like you can keep these guys for a while because you can keep four. So if you're keeping four players every year, I am I want Kittle on my team for a long time.
2: But I was going to go Kittle and want to take one of the receivers over Jones, but I guess I'm not. I agree.
1: And this is from Jet. Hey, Barry, Bobby, Bo, Burton, Bruce. Those like are
0: baseball a, players. Yeah,
2: for do sure. Do they sound
1: like That's, baseball players? Because the first two do.
0: It's Barry, and Barry Bobby... Bobby, and Bruce are Giants.
1: San Francisco yeah, Giants.
2: Giants,
0: right? But who's Bob?
2: Oh,
1: Bruce Bochy. Yeah, I have no idea what this is.
0: Oh, Jackson? He never played for the Giants.
1: <laughs> I decided to join a best ball league out of boredom while in quarantine, and I didn't know the best way to prep for the draft. I know the draft is the most and really the only important part of best ball. <laughs> true. And I wanted to know certain stats or positions I should target. Um... <laughs> good luck
3: i guess the baseline i would tell you is you're going to want to draft two to three quarterbacks two to three tight ends and then the rest will be running backs and wide receivers and the way i determine if i'm drafting two or three of the quarterbacks or tight ends is how good my first one is and what the bye week situation looks like that's pretty good
2: i think that makes sense uh in best ball for me i'm you guys know that i tend to wait at running back i tend to go earlier at running back in best ball uh, wide receiver is a much higher variance position, and in best ball formats, you can take especially those high ADOT guys, right? The air yards you can take these boomer bust weekly players uh, a little bit later and, and load up with more wide receivers and really still have pretty good wide receiver upside with a lot of wide receiver depth.
1: Give me some names that you target in best ball, the streaky guys that don't hurt you as much.
2: Will Fuller for sure, hundred percent. John Ross really late. I you know. Sean Jackson late there, but he's an option.
0: Yeah, Sean Jackson late for sure. He would be on my list.
1: Okay. Um, Marvin Jones or is he just? Yes, Marvin Jones. Yes. Um, But I
0: don't know if you can get him late. I think you just get him. I think you just get him like. Middle of the thing, maybe a little bit later than that. <laughs> Mike Williams is going late. I, I didn't mean I
1: didn't John necessarily Browns mean late. Take. I'm sorry.
3: Will I, Fuller,
0: Nicole Hardman, you
2: take Josh Reynolds. Hardman's think, a good is a, one. Is a really late round guy that could be their deep threat.
3: I'm going to do some Texans stacks in Best Ball. Also, That's I th- It's it's a very. I'm much more interested in stacking quarterbacks, receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends in Best Ball than I am in redraft.
1: Okay. Agreed. Okay, this comes from Sully. We've got some tweets for you. Sully, as commissioner, how do you anticipate dealing with a shortened season? Say a second wave hits hard over the winter and the NFL decides to end its season. What would you do then? End the fantasy league with no winner, make the person with the most points the champion. What would you do?
0: I think this is a smart thing to figure out before your season starts. And it's a it's something commissioners should think about. In the league that I commission, I would probably make it clear that if at any point the season gets shut down, um, the team with the best record would be the de facto champion with yeah. points scored as the tiebreaker.
1: Okay, let me read one more here. As long from- as it
2: like probably with like a minimum of four games played or something, you know. But yeah, I mean you, if they're if you're eight games in and one guy's eight no and yeah, he wins. I'd probably just down, call it
3: off. I'm calling it off <laughs> the running back.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, John Ayers is our last email or tweet, and then we'll get to the Dynasty stuff. John Ayers says, how are you approaching A.J. Green's future? Solid wide receiver two potential for the next couple seasons, or is he about to fall off the proverbial cliff?
2: About to. Didn't he already? (laughs) Look,
1: he was really good first eight games of 2018, and he's been really hurt since then. He's played one game in the last 24.
0: When he's right, I think you still view him as one of the best talents at wide receiver in the NFL.
1: How are you approaching but, him, though?
0: I'm approaching him, like he said, at the beginning of his email. that like is a number two receiver.
1: Cool. All that's
2: right, where then. I was at in the beginning of the offseason, but he, his price has skyrocketed. And in our early mocks, he was like a 7th or 8th round pick, and I took him a couple of times, and I'm usually on the on the youth side. Uh, but now sure, that that's he's, a good like, he's being drafted now top 60 like he's perfectly
1: healthy. Yeah. Top, well, you think so? Cause like I said, when he was perfectly healthy, he was a second round pick, you know, yeah, he's a fifth four round pick ago. now. Right. Two years ago.
0: ago. <laughs> if he's perfectly healthy and you're getting him like at the four or five turn, I think you're going to be happy.
1: That's where, that's where he's been going in a lot of our drafts. Uh, all right, cool. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Apple podcast questions, dynasty emails,
3: At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit com today.
1: I want to thank everybody for giving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's really awesome. We, we very much appreciate it. What you have to do, big favor for us, is go tell your friends and help our show grow. Hook someone else on this podcast so they can be in on all the inside jokes. And the next time you go out to dinner or something with this person, you can talk about how Jerry Maguire is not a sports movie, you know, things like that. Um, also, fantasy football. We talk about that. This one comes... Oh, you know what? The first two Apple Pod questions are about Deontay Johnson. So, we'll skip those. But thank you to... I could do that again if you want me to. Jay, uh, you were fired <laughs> up. That was good. The, that, thank you to JB and Kyle for those questions about Deontay Johnson. Now, Pa 85 keep two in a 10-team keeper league. Third round pick, Um, Miles Sanders. All right. So, Miles Sanders in the third. Galladay in the fifth. DJ Moore in the sixth. James Conner in the seventh. Ben, you cannot keep DJ Moore twice. <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, a, he's the clear first. Was that a real laugh or, or was that I, like a screwy laugh? I will laugh? walk off this podcast. Uh, okay, it's a real laugh. Good. Um, all right, DJ Moore in the sixth. I think we can all agree there, right? Yep, sure. Who else? <sighs> <laughs> I
3: Probably think i go all day. Eh?
1: Yeah. Okay. Galladay in the fifth over Sanders in the third. You are passing up, yeah, Christian McCaffrey basically in the maybe third. Maybe it's Sanders. At Jk, by the way, it's full PPR, Adam. It they don't
0: say if it's non PPR. I might say goodbye to more. <laughs> I really might. I know what? Yeah, Dave, Dave's right. Dave's right. Sanders, Those catches are they don't weigh the same, obviously. What happens if he has a year where it's, you know, 90 catches for 1050 yards and five touchdowns. Still good. You would take that in non-PPR, but I think Galladay can beat that and I think Sanders can definitely beat that.
1: Okay. Uh from
2: He averaged uh, 13.5
0: yards per catch last year and
2: 14.3 as a rookie. So he's not your typical possession receiver. Probably he's not for over have 13 average 10.
3: <laughs> What's that? Probably not going to average 10.5 next year, you don't think?
2: Yeah, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, Galladay will beat him. And I think it comes down to, like Galladay's going to probably have a higher yards per catch because Galladay's really, really good at that. But also, it's touchdowns. I think Matthew Stafford, it's, you know. Well,
3: the question I have about Galladay's touchdowns, though, is look at his touchdown rate before last year. Like, last year is, I I don't think we can, we don't know for sure yet that Kenny Galladay is just a high touchdown rate guy he was a low touchdown rate guy and he's on, he shares the field with Marvin Jones who has like one of the highest touchdown rates in the last 10 years.
1: So this is, this is what I would just say in general, you're talking about a guy who's played three years for wide receivers. I really don't care what they do in year one, right? Like I'm not going to talk about, I mean, if it's
0: good in year one, yes,
1: I, then I care big time. But if he, if he doesn't have, I don't care about his touchdown rate in year one personally. So then you're talking about year two versus year three. He had 11 touchdown catches last year, Galladay. Like, I would not right. expect that, but I would probably expect eight. And- yeah.
0: The thing about Galladay is that he's good both in deep ball situations and in red zone situations, and that's what helps contribute to a lot of touchdowns, and I think he started to really put it all together last year.
1: Should I care about your one touchdown rate?
2: No, not really. Probably oh, not. Okay, I think yards in year one is helpful, though. If a guy's not getting is getting on the field and not producing, like like JJ or Sega Whiteside last year, I, I think that's a pretty negative indicator.
1: All right, this is an Apple Podcast question from Praise the Jord. Hey, David, Tim, George, and Sean. I'll Google Spurs?
2: That's David Robinson, Tim Duncan, oh. George Gervin, and Sean Elliott.
1: Wow,
0: that's my well, guess. Could be.
1: That's a hell of a pull. But back. shouldn't George be George Carl? I mean, uh, George Popovich. George Popovich. That's Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. <laughs> 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 but I'm thinking, shouldn't George be on the, the Babe, team? Dave, I was thinking well, that. does not sound right. right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that didn't sound right to me either. Um, I, like, was there a George on the team? Because they're all. All right, whatever. Dynasty League is drafting <laughs> rookies. Boy, I really want to edit that part out, but I'll leave it at <laughs> I have pick uh, 112. Who should I target in the first round? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. This is um, rookies and available free agents are, are targeting here. Notable free agents are Raheem Mostert, Rob Gronkowski, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, and Preston Williams.
0: Kind of a dynasty league has those guys available. Yeah. Why is Fant available?
2: But I, I don't know that I would take any of those guys over who you can get at 112 in this class. Uh, not Mostert or Gronk or Preston Williams or Hurst. Fancy, the only one I would consider personally. But I, I would probably take Chenault over him, who I think you can get at 112.
3: The really you interesting thing is, him. if you have 112, you won the league last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless it's a 14-team league.
3: Probably won the league. I mean, if these guys are all on the waiver wire, I don't think it's a fourteen team league, but it could be.
0: How can they be on the waiver wire in a twelve team league?
3: Well, like Gronk Hurst and Preston Williams, I don't think are all that surprising. Most, um,
0: I guess. Well, I, I mean, no one's stashing Preston Williams after the ACL. Hurst, I agree with you on, and Gronk, I agree with you on. Gronk was a free uh, agent in our dynasty league.
3: Yeah, but if I like, if I was really weak at tight end and I had a contender going for a repeat, I might, I might just Bill take Gronk Hurst. or Hurst. So
0: I, I think what we should do is everybody should pick the player they want the most from that list of free agents I'm saying. And then I'll start running off names of players from the rookie class that might be there at 12 and tell me if you're going to take that guy. Like for the sake of the argument, I'll take Gronk. Okay. I need to win now. I want to tight end. I'm, I'm drafting Gronk ahead of Fant and redraft.
2: So I can tell you that I actually am in two leagues where this happens and where this happened. And I took Gronk at 302 in one of them, and he went at like 202 in in the other one.
0: Right, because someone someone will take a chance on him yeah. right around that range. But I, I look at guys like Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Chenault, Denzel Mims. I think they'll all be there, and I think I would take every last one of them ahead of Gronk if given the opportunity. Me too. So those that's what we're looking at, those types of receivers. Jefferson, Pittman, Higgins, Chenault, Mims. Keyshawn Vaughn might make it there. Uh, Zach Moss, if you really need a running back, might make it there. But go with one of those guys. Or if you don't really have any needs and you want to get the best quarterback prospect that's come out in the last eight years, you just draft Burrow.
1: Mm -hmm. So... I don't think there was anybody named George that played on any of the Spurs teams with Tim Duncan and David Robinson. And if I, yeah,
2: but George Gervin was like one of their all-time. Yeah, great no, players. I'm just saying.
1: Uh, but I, I also googled um, George Popovich, and Greg Popovich came up. So that like there's right. nobody even named Greg Pop, George Popovich.
0: Adam's favorite Seinfeld character is Greg. Um, we had Stanton. a really
3: good Dynasty tweet. Adam, could I read it?
1: Yes, let's get going here. Go.
3: It's from Keith Hummings. I just completed. <laughs> The most anti-Ben Gretsch trade in my life. 16-team Best Ball Dynasty League. Grade the trade. Gave up Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, LaViska Chenault, Van Jefferson, Darwin Thompson, and Quez Watkins. Received Derek Henry and T.Y. Hillen.
0: I know that you're giving up a lot of youth for those guys, but you win.
2: Yeah, I Getting don't think it's he a bad trade so for Heath. He. And I I obviously Mm. love Chenault, and I really like Quez Watkins as a a really deep sleeper. Um, I don't like Van Jefferson, but pretty much every other player you said I like. And that's why you said that. And you hate the
3: guys I got. (laughs)
2: And I don't like the guys you got, and I always prioritize youth. And I still don't think you lost that
1: trick. I do like Van Jefferson. I think that Robert Woods could be gone after this year. Right. They took him in the second I think he's going to have a,
0: a solid career in the NFL, but that's it. Just a solid I think solid he fits career. well with he, the Rams. I'm not sure he'll have any thousand-yard seasons.
1: Quez Watkins, Ooh, by I, the way, is a... Who's uh, a better Eagles. prospect,
0: Van Jefferson or Deontay Johnson? Deontay
2: Johnson. I, I Jefferson would say Johnson. not a good And
0: I like prospect, both of really. them. Yeah.
2: Well, so Van Jefferson stayed until his redshirt senior year, and his career high in, in market share of yards on any team he played on, he played in two different colleges, was 21%, which is really, really low. You're, you're hoping for a 30% breakout age, so basically didn't break out. Deontay Johnson, at least, was an early declare, and he had a big, uh, I think it was his redshirt sophomore season. Does he count
3: as an early declare if he redshirts?
2: Yeah, he still declared early. But he was there for four years. Right, but it still counts as an early declare. That's why Uh, it's called uh, early uh, declare uh, instead uh, of, like, four years. Let's
1: go to the next one. I just think if you're there five years, it should be a late declare. He was (laughs) on-time declare. (laughs) Okay, from V, Bob Barker. (laughs) 2020 Dynasty Rookie Free Agent Draft. I have picks. 1.3, 1.5, 1.14. 1.3, 1.5, 1.14. Should I focus on running backs early or target Lamb or Judy at five? I have Kamara and James White at running back. I have Keenan Allen, AJ Green, and Michael Gallup at wide receiver. So I'd say he needs you know everything here. 1.3, 1.5, 1.14. What, what would you do?
0: I was in this exact, not exactly the same, but pretty much the same situation in our dynasty draft. And uh, like three days before the dynasty draft, I was dead set on getting two receivers. And then I looked at my running backs, which are probably in actually worse shape than the ones that you've got. And I I ended up taking one receiver and it ended up being lamb. And then I I took the best available running back when I was up again in round one. And that ended up being cam Akers. And then I traded
3: back into the round to um, pick up Joe burrow. I, I think I feel pretty confident one of lamb or Judy will be there at three. They both could be there. I'm going to take Dobbins at three and Lamb or Judy at five.
0: Yeah, you're guaranteed one of them to be there. That's that's excellent.
1: All right, cool. Good stuff. Next question from Macy Taylor. Do you think Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray will have a better future in the long run, including injuries? Lamar Jackson.
2: Hmm. What is... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm not even Why sure are people still
3: doubting Lamar Jackson? I'm not even sure Lamar is more likely to get hurt than Kyler.
1: Ugh. I Look, um in his second season, Michael Vick had almost 3,000 passing yards, and he had 777 rushing yards. Okay, not as good as what Lamar Jackson did. The touchdowns were nowhere near the same. Uh, 16 passing, 8 rushing touchdowns. but. That was a hell of a year. So he was not anywhere close to on the same level as good as Lamar Jackson. Well, in terms of, yard, in terms of yard, in terms yards, wait, hold on. <laughs> and it, before wait.
2: the whole new revolution of offense.
1: In ter- I'm just saying, in terms of yards, he was fairly similar. Um, he didn't have a great career <laughs> after that, really. Like, he didn't have a great fan. <laughs> he, he spent didn't-
2: time in a, in a federal penitentiary. Are we going <laughs> to, like, is
1: that the Dude, comp that he we're going to make? He played, played till 2015, and he, and he had four more seasons in the NFL before that. So he was, but he never really
3: looking like after that time, he had a year where he got hurt. Then a year where he was number 12, number six, number two. And then he was in jail and then he was number one overall. And then number 11, like he had five. Yeah. Good. Seasons.
1: He had, I had two great seasons. Two, two after top that. two seasons.
3: Yeah.
2: And again, two things. One, it was a worse atmosphere for him to play in for sure that's i think unquestionable uh the, like this is like pre a lot of the concussion stuff and everything and then number 2 um lamar jackson's just a different player like yeah it's the it's the best comp we have but lamar jackson like it almost is unfair to lamar jackson to, to comp him to just the closest thing we have to him he's a very unique player he just won the mvp in a second season he's way better than kyler murray and i love kyler murray
1: mm-hmm. look i i um uh... When I bring this stuff up, I don't want people to think that I'm taking a stand. I'm just giving a comp and playing devil's advocate. Oh, it, I don't think anyone does. I, the way you talk to me, like, I I don't know. <laughs> I felt like that. So, Sorry. just bringing it up. I was really Heath. Not you. But, not just both of you. Um, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, you know, Lamar Jackson. I, the dumbest. I've said a lot of stupid things. But I think the dumbest thing I ever said was that I thought RG3 was going to end up being better than Andrew Luck. And you know, I think it was fairly reasonable, but it ended up being absolutely moronic. So Lamar Jackson yeah, needs to stay healthy. I don't healthy. think you should feel
3: that bad about that one. Yeah, I don't either. RG three got hurt, and like yeah. Kyler Murray could get hurt too. Kyler Murray's got, got he's a little guy that's going to run a lot as well. Do you remember how
2: good RG three was as a rookie? Yeah, he right? was amazing. He
0: but but <laughs> you could you could tell that he was starting to break down toward the end of that year. Like oh, okay. physically, he was taking hits and. He was slow to get up, and he wasn't moving quite the
3: same way. And it's not like like if you missed out on Andrew Luck in Dynasty, you missed out on like two good years.
1: Okay, I'm sorry for sidetracking here. Uh, from Tyler, I currently have James Connor and Chris Carson in full PPR Dynasty. I already have pick one one point five and one point eleven. Um, I'm excited about the class and might consider trading the aforementioned running backs for more picks. Connor and Carson. He's saying he wants to trade for more picks. Mm -hmm. is this a big brain move or am I sabotaging myself? My other running backs are Brita and Coleman.
2: This is exactly the type of move you should make every year. And I know like Heath and I kind of disagree, but running backs are depreciating assets. These guys are both 25. They are never going to have more value than they have right now. Even if they come back and both have good years this year, they're going to be 26 year old running backs and they're going to be 27 year old running backs. No one trades a lot of value for an aging running back. It just doesn't happen in dynasty leagues. Yes, they can help you win now, but this is the type of move that I that I make all the time in Dynasty. I think it's a smart move. I don't
3: believe like that there is a huge market for maybe James Conner's traps will help this, but I don't believe there's a huge market for Conner or Carson in Dynasty. They're both viewed as pr- guys with pretty fragile futures. Yes. I'm not dealing those guys for like second round picks. And I don't think you're getting picks better than 1.11. If you could package Carson and 1.11 for a top six pick, then yeah, do it. If you could package Connor and 1.11 for a top four pick, then sure, do it. But I'm not trading those guys for second round picks. Maybe and I don't know if Ben was saying that he would or not, but I don't think you can get a first rounder for them.
2: No, I think that was a very reasonable and level-headed response, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: All right. So we got three more. We got three more of these Apple podcast questions. First one's going to Dave. Second one's going to Heath. Third one's going to Ben. From Medic Nick, I'm taking over a team with Zeke, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Kyler Murray. In half PPR, which three should I keep? You have to throw back one, Dave. Zeke, Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Kyler.
0: I'll throw back Kyler.
1: Okay. This is Heath from KJM 1978. Half PPR, four point per passing touchdown league. Josh Jacobs in the third or Lamar Jackson in the eighth?
3: I've got to take Lamar Jackson.
1: (laughs) From Lewis, north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's Newcastle, he explains. Hey, Johnny, Steve, Chris, and Bam. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Jackass. I don't know if we could say it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We already said Schitt's Creek. I think we could say Jackass. I was on the clock at 1.3 in the rookie draft, and... Clyde Edwards-Elair was there. (laughs) We
2: did. Did you lean into your mic to say
1: that? (laughs) (laughs) He whispered it softly (laughs) in our ears.
0: Hey, real quick, Heath, what's your Instagram account if people wanted to follow what you do in your life?
1: Heath's meat. Heath's meat. Thank Uh, you. Okay. Yep. All right. So Ben uh, Lewis was on the clock at one point three in the rookie draft. Clyde Edwards-Elair was there. All of a sudden, I got a notification for a trade, which was my one point three. 2021 second rounder and Kenyon Drake and I would get his 2020 his 2021 second rounder and Christian McCaffrey and I took it did I make a good move yeah yeah you did
2: the swapping of 2021 seconds whatever (laughs) value you think is there isn't and I would trade McCaffrey for the 103 and Drake for sure I would, All right. I would acquire McCaffrey in that scenario
1: now it's time for emails at fantasy football com. dynasty emails David Flint wants to know is there a smart way to start a startup dynasty team oh sorry is there a smart way to draft a startup dynasty team when you have rookies involved hearing a lot about rookies being drafted separately from veterans however the dynasty startup I'm in is doing a draft with everyone in the pool and being on the last place being on the last place team for picking uh, i have the eighth pick out of eight I'm wondering when it would be smart to draft Clyde Edwards-Elair or another rookie. Okay, well, first the of all, that is way- that is how like the startup drafts include everyone. Then the yeah. subsequent drafts year after year are just the rookies.
2: I can just say broadly, I don't know about when you would draft Clyde Edwards-Elair, but broadly, rookies in startup drafts are profitable moves. They typically go uh later than people expect they hold their value even if they have poor rookie seasons they can be more productive in year one than people give them credit for and even if they're bad you can like like i said they hold their value unless they're horrible unless they're Nikhil harry then they lose value or, or jj or sega white side but even guys that are poor like david montgomery is still you can still trade him this off season for plenty of value
0: is ronald jones an example of that yeah he would be an example
2: of the guy that lost a ton of value
0: okay I'm going like, to read Rodley, like
1: his they rookie gained year. Value. He
0: was a zero. Yeah. And yeah. But there are also ones that shoot
2: up. up, right? Like AJ Brown last, last year, you could have probably drafted in the ninth. Round of the up AJ Brown. <laughs> uh
1: I'm going to read, I'm just going to read something though. They're just going to read just for the benefit of our listeners. Startup draft that we did in, uh, in a few weeks ago. Uh, startup dynasty league. Heath, was this a super flex league? I believe it was right. Yep. Okay. Here was, I'm just gonna read the first two rounds. McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Zeke, Mixon, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Clyde edwards helaire ninth overall to me for some reason. Uh, Devon- eh, that makes sense. Devontae Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Hopkins, Juju, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Evans, Kenyon Drake, DJ Moore, and Kyler Murray. Hope that helps. From Nick, grade the trade in a 12-team PPR Dynasty League. Gave up Justin Jefferson and Emmanuel Sanders. Received Michael Gallup and Naeem Hines. Yeah, I think I like that for you. A? Yeah,
3: I like it. I like Gallup more than Jefferson considerably. Yeah, it's a good one. And how
0: long is Emmanuel Sanders going to have?
3: I I don't think... He He didn't last year. I don't know what ch- the odds are that Emmanuel Sanders is ever, ever in your lineup.
1: And Hines, by all indications, should have some PPR value. But yep. it is interesting to like Gallup. I don't disagree, but to like Gallup significantly more than Jefferson. Jefferson was a yeah, first-round pick.
3: I, I kind of raise my eyebrow with that.
1: Heath, you want to give a 20-second like explanation?
3: <laughs> um, I don't really think – like, I just don't really think that Lamb has had that – big of an impact on Gallup in my perception, and he was awesome last year. I think he's a borderline number two wide receiver this year, and there's a chance that Amari Cooper's gone after this year contract-wise, and it's just Gallup and Lamb.
1: Okay. This is and from... We can make some
3: really fun team names with Lamb and Gallup.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is from No Name, but it's a Peaky Blinders reference. Dear Tommy, Arthur, John, and Alfie, 12-team half PPR Dynasty League. Last week, I was offered... David Montgomery, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jared Cook for Kittle and Fournette. So he would have given up Kittle and Fournette to get Montgomery, Juju, and Cook. I turned it down, but I'm unsure if I did the right thing. What do you guys think?
2: You didn't.
1: (laughs) Uh, You would have taken that.
3: Yeah, I think Juju and Kittle are just about a push for me. And I would rather have David Montgomery than Leonard Fournette right now.
2: Yeah, and I actually would take Juju over Kittle, but I I agree. Kittle should be really close to Juju, but yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I don't think Jared Cook has much value, but Fournette, I'd rather have Montgomery than Fournette too.
0: They could both be crapola by 2021. I like Kittle better than Juju.
1: This email's from Eli. I know you guys are doing a Dynasty mailbag, so here it goes. My friends and I are starting an eight-team Dynasty League. In the past, we've done 12 and 10 team leagues, but people kept dropping out and we felt like we had a solid eight to start one out. I'm just wondering what format and scoring you would recommend for Dynasty Startups. It's going to be PPR and we'll do fab. I want to do like 25 to 30 rounds. I keep saying it should be a 2QB league, uh, especially if it's eight teams. Mm-hmm. How many rounds and what 100%. format? Yeah. So how many rounds and what format do you recommend and anything else we should add?
2: I would also say you should do at least three running backs, at least probably five receivers. This goes right to the the stuff we talked about like earlier this offseason about the future of fantasy. and People should use deeper lineups anyways, but if you're going to do an eight-man dynasty league, I think you should require everyone to start a lot more players at every position. Probably two tight ends too.
0: You can get away with two quarterbacks and two tight ends. I might go two running backs with that and three receivers and maybe one flex or maybe scrap the second tight. Oh, here's what you do. Do a super flex, and then then you don't have to do two quarterbacks. You can do a quarterback,
3: but, yeah, two running backs, three receivers, league.
0: two tight ends, and a super flex.
3: Yeah, I I'm just saying,
2: think it, add like three to five starting spots over what you just said, Dave. Like a lot.
1: You could, yeah. Oh, also, go IDP. Done, sure, you can oh. do IDP as well. But there should be, if if not three running backs, then have like three flexes. Yeah, and two have quarterbacks a of flexes. have. There's nothing that makes less sense to me than drafting a whole bunch of players and putting most of them on your bench. Like, start, you drafted them, so start them. And Jason, I would also
2: say 30 rounds. I play in a, a lot of 30 round, 12 team leagues. It's not as deep as it sounds. And especially in an eight team league, if you don't go 30 rounds, you're going to have really good players just available.
3: Well, and I, th- I think like in a dynasty league, it, you're trying to make it like the NFL. There's not a lot of players sitting on the waiver wire in the NFL. And there yeah. are a lot of players sitting on benches in the NFL. So that's okay
1: and there will be plenty of players on your bench even if you add a number of starters to your lineup. I didn't mean to say like start everyone, but just, you know, I play in one dynasty that's two running backs and three wide receivers. What's the point? I have so many guys on my bench. It's so annoying. Okay. <laughs> Jason from Spurberry. Hey, Farva Thorny and Captain John, if Ben is on the pod, he's definitely the German guy that got caught speeding. I don't know. I can't
2: pull over any further. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't.
1: Uh, I don't remember. I walked out of that movie, by the way. But then I learned to love it, so don't hate me for it. Okay, 12-team dynasty, half PPR. Must start four wide receivers, a flex, and a tight end, uh, and a super flex. I'm giving up Julio Jones, Cam Akers, Zach Moss, and a 2021 third-round pick. So he's giving up Julio, Akers, Moss, and a 2021 third-round pick. That's a pretty sizable amount to give up it's a
3: large package
1: (laughs) (laughs) receiving option one edwards elair damian williams tyler lockett will fuller and a 2021 second round pick or receiving option two christian mccaffrey and reggie bonafon or bonafon uh would you take either of these
0: yes
2: i'd take mccaffrey
0: yeah, I think I would. I don't think I would. I know it sounds crazy. Eh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm in for the first option. Edwards, Dillair, Lockett, Fuller, and the earlier pick in the 2021 draft. Yeah, I like that, too. I, I do feel like you're giving up a lot in the short term for McCaffrey. It, it feels like a lot. Julio plus Cam Akers plus Zach Moss.
2: Julio no, is a guy though threat. that getting back to where I was saying with the 25 year old running backs, he's another guy that I think yeah, in dynasty try to yeah, you try to trade him a year early. Because that when they fall off, their value goes so far down. And you can you could turn him into some really good young running backs that can help you in 2022 and 2023. Julio might not be able to.
0: Do you see any evidence of Julio slowing down? Not yet. I think you could probably squeeze maybe three more years out of him.
1: Maybe. Okay, so ready for rapid fire to finish the show? Yep. Here we go. Matt Griffith says, I'm in a dynasty league. I need a starting running back. I want to offer either Ruggs or Higgins for a running back. Which wide receiver should I trade and who should I target? At running back.
2: I would prefer to trade Higgins. But I don't think you can get a running back that will help you for Higgins. Right.
0: Um. I don't rugs. I'm looking at your trade chart, Heath. You've got rugs slightly ahead of Ronald Jones and Geis. Yeah, I think I'd rather have rugs. You've got Fournette way down there. About Frame Hunt.
3: That's a good one to try.
1: Yeah, I'd rather have
3: Hunt. I'd rather have Hunt than rugs for sure.
1: Really, that's interesting. That's kind of wishing, hoping for the best for him. I mean, rugs or Hunt or Hunt.
0: Well, the idea is with Hunt he eventually escapes Cleveland has a
3: couple of years as a starter
1: it's a, it's kind of,
3: i think it's more likely that kareem hunt helps you this year than rugs for sure
0: uh, uh yeah but yeah but i think rugs probably long term rugs is still going to be a raider
3: that doesn't
1: yeah, mean but he the can't raiders be... can
0: always find a new quarterback after <gasps> uh, this year if they so this wasn't this wasn't
1: rapid fire let's try again that's rapid fire. uh from, now we're starting rapid <laughs> from no name i put christian mccaffrey on the trade block to see what kind of offers i could get i've received some interesting ones one offer is Kenyon Drake, Julio Jones, and a 2021 first for McCaffrey and Will Fuller. Would you do that? No. No. Okay. Grade the dynasty trade from Tony in a city somewhere or another. This is like all picks. Give 2020 1.7. He has picks 7 and 11 this year in the rookie draft. Give the seventh overall pick. Get pick 2.11 and... A 2021 first, and a twenty twenty two second. F- I'm taking
0: that deal. F.
3: Oh, F minus. Really? F minus.
0: To you're moving back four spots You get an extra first no, no. in twenty twenty one. No, he's moving back, back
2: around and four. Around
3: and four spots.
2: Oh, I read it wrong. I'm a moron. I yeah, still I would know. do this, Heath. Why would you still? Why
3: would you give that an F? That's too far I, to move back. I like seven a lot.
2: Yeah, I'm but going you're getting to be a player first. that I
3: like. There's. 2.11 is just 100% a dart throw. And we don't know what this first round pick's going to be next year.
2: You might be able to get Chenault at 2.11. Oh. I've seen him go that way. You're but, guaranteed. I mean, AJ Dillon, uh, Zach Moss. I don't think it's such a dart throw. I think you can get a reasonable pick and then you get a first next year.
0: Yeah, but the first could be late. I get what Heath's saying with it. Yeah. You're guaranteed one of these guys at 107. You're, you're Lamb, get Judy. are probably going to get Judy or, or one of the top five running backs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I think next year is going to be even better. So I, I, I think, think so too, too. But you
0: just don't know where that one's going to be. It's Yo, too,
1: it, that's not enough to move back around and change the quarterbacks next year. Are going Who to be cares? even more. I think in a dynasty league that um, that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top seven pick. He's going to go well ahead of Burrow. I would guess.
0: I disagree. I think he'll, yeah, I he'll go as soon as somebody needs a quarterback next year. It'll be the same thing with that having a burrow. Most leagues will probably be a late first and rookie only. All right. Now we're starting rapid
1: now, fire. Now we're done. <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire. Say goodbye to everybody. Um, I appreciate all the emails, everybody. This was fun. Um, always, when I see emails in the inbox, it's just, I love connecting with the hey, listeners. I appreciate it so there much. There
3: will be a, an article on the site with more Dynasty questions being answered Perfect. tomorrow. Perfect. So there you go. A mailbag. Who's Today. writing that, hey? What's that? Who's writing that? I am. Oh, that's
2: right.
1: And I recommend reading Ben's Advanced Stats 101 article. Uh, you know, if, it, if anything <laughs> I said. Heath right now.
3: No, no. Chris didn't write anything this week, so he's going to find somebody <laughs> else to
1: <write> All right, we're out of here, everybody. Have a great weekend. We got another sh- another show coming on Monday, and I think Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so it's bold prediction week next week. So we're looking forward to that. We'll talk to you then. See you.